0: Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 28, three very familiar verses are our text of scripture today. The Bible says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to preach this morning on Christ, our rest. Christ, our rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, as we come to you in prayer, we pray that as we enter into this time of studying and preaching your word, that you would be glorified. Lord, it's our desire to. Walk away today closer to Jesus because we came to church, and I pray that would be so. Give me the words I need to speak this morning. It's in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. There's an elusive creature known to run rampant throughout the United States, and it has received very little attention in the news. Maybe that freaks you out a little bit. Don't worry. I'm going somewhere. Uh, It's constantly talked about on social media, though. There's whole profiles that seem to bring it up. And yet somehow, some way, most people never seem to catch this slippery little character. What am I talking about? i'm I'm not talking about a fugitive to put you at ease. I'm not talking about some make-believe unicorn or anything. I'm talking about the ever elusive thing called rest. Rest seems to be something that everyone is chasing and no one seems to be able to catch. According to, a workplace study conducted in 2018, of the 160 million U.S. workers, 107 million reported being fatigued and exhausted at work. That's about two thirds of the American workforce. The American Institute of Stress reported that 77% of people report being stressed to the point of being caused physical problems. And these statistics, uh, these were gathered in 2018, 2017, uh, before the pandemic, and all that 2020 decided to inflict upon us, amen? <laughs> when we are asked how we are doing, what are the words that we tend to respond with? I'm busy, I'm tired, life is crazy, and so on. We're in a constant state of flux, and the idea of rest, it's a pleasant thought, but it seems like a distant reality. And this is true just beyond the physical exhaustion that our over-busy schedules tend to give us. Many people find themselves physically exhausted because the things they devote their time to and their energy to are what they hope will ultimately fulfill them. Truthfully, the restlessness and exhaustion that we face can often be traced back to a deep spiritual problem. And that's this. We've placed upon ourselves the unreasonable expectation that the more we do, the busier we are, the more tired we become the closer we will be to finding true rest, fulfillment, and satisfaction. That's the whole problem with our society today. But our text today proves otherwise. Based upon the words of Christ in our text, true rest is found in giving up our burdens for the burdens of another. True rest is found when we come to the true and trustworthy rest giver, Jesus Christ. So I wonder, how many of you have come to Christ? As I look across the room, I'm familiar with most faces and most testimonies in the room. Many of us have probably testified that we have trusted Christ as our Savior. So we would say we've come to Christ. How many of us have cast our burdens off to pick up the burden of Christ? How many in the room today are beat down and tired from carrying the burdens of life, or maybe better stated, trying to carry the burdens of life on our own? Believer and unbeliever alike, have you truly found rest? for your soul. In Matthew 11 it begins here with John the Baptist's disciples coming to Jesus and to find out if he really is the Messiah and Christ confirms if you go back and look at it he, he tells them go back and tell John that the blind see the lame walk the lepers are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised up the poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed is the man that is not offended in me. He extols John the Baptist to the multitude and confirms that there's never been a greater born of woman than John. In verses 20 through 24 he He upbraids several cities and makes it clear that if Sodom and ancient cities had had seen and heard the same things that they had seen and heard, they wouldn't have been destroyed because they would have repented and believed uh, what God was saying to them. In verse 25 through verse 27, Jesus thanks God the Father that he has revealed himself to those who, according to uh, verse 25, he's hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes to those who are not self-righteous, but to those who are babes in the world's eyes. And it's on the heels of this thankfulness to the Father that Jesus makes an invitation to the crowd that he extends to us today. And it is very simply stated, come to me and rest. And there are three parts of this call of Christ to come and rest that I want us to observe today. The first is the invitation of Christ. Look back in verse 28, it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Those first three words of verse number 28, come unto me. Come unto me. Come, come after, come here. Hey, hither to me is another way of saying it. Come here to me, he says. An invitation to come, but look at this subject here. It says, come to who? Me. Come to me, he says. It may seem kind of silly to mention, but it's important to note that Christ's invitation is focused solely upon him. He doesn't invite people to come to an idea, to a job, to some sort of an agreement or a list of rules to follow. His invitation is an invitation to come to himself. In John chapter number 14, he did not tell his disciples that he was a possible way, a form of truth and an alternate life. No, what did he say? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that is the iteration of Christ here. Come to me, come unto me. He call, his call is to come to him. And he has a very specific invitee in mind. Continue reading, it says, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Those that labor, these are those who grow weary or tired and exhausted from toil. It's the idea of being worn out, from working, from laboring abundantly, the exhaustion that comes along with that. He calls those that are heavy laden. This is the idea of having a burden or load placed upon you that you are forced to bear. And the immediate audience, they hear Christ say this, and their mind probably would have run to the law and the heavy burden that theirs was to carry, to live up to, that, that the Pharisees even bound and put upon them. Jesus even condemns them in Matthew 23, he says, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. These people would have had burden upon burden upon burden placed upon their shoulders and been forced to carry them. And Jesus says, hey, you that are laboring, you that are heavy laden, come to me, come unto me. And his invitation to them is emphasized with a very comforting promise, isn't it? Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and what I will give you rest. This is the rest of the soul. Christ is inviting his hearers and saying, are you weary? Are you burdened down by sin? Are you carrying the heavy load of the law upon your shoulders? Come to me now I'll give you rest. Real soul level rest. If you were to visit downtown, um, excuse me, midtown Manhattan and head to the Rockefeller Center, you'd be greeted by a large bronze statue just outside the front door of the building. Unveiled in 1937, Atlas, he stands as a 45 foot tall representation of the Greek mythology Titan doomed to bear the heavens upon his shoulders for all eternity. We've all seen the pictures, the man with looks like the world upon his back. And I think, while Atlas is a mythical man, he's doomed to a mythical punishment. I think many people, even some in this very room, would describe their lives and existence in probably very similar terms. You feel doomed to bear the weight of this life upon your own shoulders. You feel the burden of religious duty pressing down upon you. You feel the restlessness that sin and religion puts upon your soul. You sense the load of sin slowly crushing you under its enormous weight. Maybe you sense the sin of, uh, the 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 weight and the heavy burden of of putting on a facade and and living up to a certain standard so people know don't ever see the true inside you the real you at your heart level you you feel this burden and day after day you labor and day after day you feel heavy laden and day after day the restlessness of it all makes you weary and and exhausted. But friend, Christ has come. He is strong and he is kind. And your burden is no match for his great love, for his strength and forgiveness and rest. And he stands before you on the pathway of life and invites you to come to him, to lay aside your burden and toil and find rest. Because friend, he bore the crushing weight of sin upon his own self on the cross. The Bible says that God the Father made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He bore the heaviest weight that weighs upon your life in himself. He died and rose again, destroying sin and death. And now you are invited to come to him to cast off your burdens, to cease from your labors and to find true rest. Brothers and sisters, I must warn us though, be careful because it's easy to fall back into a pattern of religious duty and spiritual activity that looks more like an effort of self-righteousness a practice of Christ dependence and gospel drivenness. Friend, you couldn't get yourself into this thing called the Christian life. What's to say you can carry yourself through the Christian life? If Christ is your savior, he has liberated you from the load and burden of sin and self-righteousness and has clothed you in his righteousness. And because of him, you are in right standing before the Father and there is nothing you can do to earn it and nothing you can do to change it. So rest in Christ. Rest in his finished work. Rest in his once and for all forgiveness and acceptance. Christ, our rest, invites us to come to him and find true rest. But then we see number two, our submission to Christ. Look in verse number 29, it says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Now, verse number 28 is so comforting. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Wow, that's such a a wonderful invitation. Come and find rest. And then verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Wait, you just said, come and find rest. And now you say, bear burdens? That This is the paradox of Christ's rest. In responding to the invitation of Christ, we are coming to him, laying down the yoke that binds us, but submitting to his yoke and his burden, and in so doing, finding true rest. You see, Christ's rest is defined by two activities. First, he says, take my yoke upon you. The yoke, that piece of wood fastened around the necks of two animals attached to the load that they have to pull. This is what is pictured here. It's submission to the work of Christ. It's being yoked up with Christ. and when you think about it, not to get ahead of myself too much, but they say that farmers, when they would yoke up animals, they wouldn't necessarily yoke up the two strong animals together, or two weak animals together, but often a stronger animal and a weaker animal together, so that the weaker animal could, could grow. And we're yoked up with Christ, who, his strength far surpasses our strength. And we go through this life in His yoke and carry his yoke with the comfort of knowing we're not left to pull on our own. He says, yoke up with me. Yoke up with me, take my yoke upon you. He goes on and says, and learn of me. Not only are we called to submit to Christ's yoke, we're called to study Christ's person. Learn who Christ is, know Christ's heart. But why? Why should we do it? Look at verse twenty-nine at the very end. And ye shall find what? Rest to your souls. Now, here's the paradox. In submitting to Christ's yoke and education, we find rest for our souls. Now, oftentimes, especially in our society, we think of rest as inactivity, right? Rest is sitting outside on the porch after a long week of work and doing nothing, right? Rest is uh, watching TV at the end of the day. Not Fox News, that's not rest, that's, that's stress. Rest, TV at the end of the day. Rest is laying in bed, sleeping. Amen. But see, Christ's rest is not inactivity. As H.B. Charles put it, true rest is bondage to the duty for which you have been created. Charles goes on to say, is a tree really free when the wind uproots it and delivers it from the bondage to the soil? Is a fish truly free when the fisherman's hook yanks it from the water and delivers it from its bondage and slavery to the waters? Is a train truly free when it derails and is delivered from its bondage to the track and is free to go its own way? Absolutely not. He says, and no soul is free if it lives in rebellion against the God who created us. And I'd add to that, no soul is truly at rest until it is submitted to the yoke of Christ. And like I said earlier, this is the part of the message we don't really like. We like the idea of coming to Christ and finding rest, so long as it doesn't include any sort of labor. We shy away from the submission to Christ's yoke and the study of Christ's person because it sounds a lot like work. It sounds hard. It sounds challenging, partly because, as H.B. Charles illustrated it, we really like elevators. You see, when we respond to Christ's invitation to come to him and find rest, What do we do? We rejoice. I have entered into true rest. We're excited to follow Jesus, to enter into his rest. And we stand in the lobby of life and we've entered into this rest and we press the up button on the elevator because we like elevators. Elevators are nice because when you get on the elevator, you don't have to do anything. You just let the elevator happen to you. It doesn't require any special effort. But Christ says, no. We're not taking the elevator. We're going to take the stairs. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I'm on vacation and I'm at a hotel, the only reason I'm taking the stairs is to beat the rest of the family down into the lobby and be like, I told you so. I ain't taking the stairs on purpose. We don't like the stairs. The stairs are work, the stairs are challenging. But when you take the stairs with Christ, something always happens. You get stronger because you're yoked up next to him. Every step that you take becomes a little bit easier because you are increasing in that strength on your journey with Christ. You also begin to realize, man, I've been skipping a lot of steps, mostly because Christ has been the one carrying you. We we grow closer to him because we're climbing the stairs together. We're getting to know one another. A friend that can never happen if we don't submit ourselves to Christ. If we hesitate to take up his yoke and learn of him. So submit to his yoke. Take time to learn of him. What do you know more about Jesus today that you didn't know last week? How much closer to him are you today? Because you entered into the yoke with Christ and you began to move forward into what is true rest. Christ our rest, he invites us to come to him and find rest and submit ourselves to his burden. But finally we see number three, the consolation of Christ. I love this so much. It says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some comforting words from our Savior at the very end. He says his yoke is easy. That means kind or good or benevolent. It's the idea that the yoke of Christ that we're called to submit to is good. It is a gracious yoke. The yoke of sin, the yoke of the law is not good to us. It is uncomfortable. It is hard. It is merciless. It is a terrible yoke, but the yoke of Christ is good. It is comfortable, it's easy, it's gracious because it's a yoke that we bear together and truthfully, that he bears the majority of the load. But don't forget, it's still a yoke. There's still work involved, but it's a yoke that fits right. It's a yoke that's easy to bear. But he finishes and says, my burden is light. His burden isn't heavy. It's bearable because we bear it with him. And like the yoke, yes, it's still a burden, but it's bearing the burden of Christ wherever he leads us. It's not hard to carry because we don't bear it alone. The load that you've been carrying, it will crush you. It will wreck and destroy you. But Christ's burden won't. It's a joy to bear his burden because it is born with him. But as we conclude, I want to look back at verse 29. Look at what it says here in the middle of the verse. It says, For I am what? Meek and lowly in heart. It's here in the middle of this verse, this phrase gives us a glimpse into the heart of Christ. He says that he is meek, he is gentle, he is meek, he is mild. Christ is saying that at his very heart, he is gentle. Or maybe you've heard meekness described as power under control. That's who he is is He is gentle. Yes, he is the Lord of the universe, and he is just and he is holy and he is righteous, and we should stand in awe and in fear of him, but he calls and he says to, him, to us, "I am meek and lowly in heart. He's not overpowering, he's gentle. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said. You can read it in Matthew chapter number 12, He said, "He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets." A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench till he send forth judgment unto victory. A bruised reed, a, a, a fragile rod can easily be broken. A smoking flax or, or a, a, a barely burning wick can easily be put out, but not by Christ. He's gentle, he's meek. Goes on to say that he's lowly in heart. Lowly means humble in spirit. The very definition of Christ coming to the earth, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross, Christ's heart is humble in spirit. He is lowly. Why does that matter? Because you see every single person in this room is carrying a burden. It may be the burden of sin maybe the burden of self-righteousness, maybe the burden of legalistic, performance-based Christianity, all these and more bear down upon our souls. And we trudge every step of the journey of life with our backs breaking under the load. Our souls are crushed more and more each day. We long for true rest, but our burdens demand that we labor harder and harder. And now we are with Christ and Christ speaks to us. but He doesn't offer a harsh word or even a rebuke. He isn't up in your face about the burden that you're carrying or the one that you keep going back to, picking up again and again. No, he's meek and lowly in heart. That means you can trust him. You can come to him and know that his heart is for you. You can trust him with your burdens. You can trust him to give you rest because he is meek and lowly. He's not going to crush you. He's not going to annihilate you. No, he's inviting you. You know what that means? You can be honest with him. You can open your heart and share your burdens with him because he really wants you to. You can cast aside your burden for his and know that he won't put on you anything that he himself won't walk with you and carry for you. He is just, he's holy. He is the righteous, soon coming king of the ages. The friend, his heart toward you is meek and lowly. So bring your burdens, bring your anxieties, bring your cares, cast them on Christ and find true rest because Christ is our rest. Pick up his yoke and learn of Christ because it is there that you will find true rest and trust that while you bear the burden of Christ, it's easy and it's light. It won't destroy you. You'll find that carrying the yoke and burden of Christ is the truest rest you will ever experience this side of eternity. Friend, there's only one thing left to do today. Come to Christ. Come to Jesus. Oh, I came to Jesus back in 19 whatever. Friend, no, 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 no. Come to him. Come to him. Not because I'm telling you to, but because he wants you to. Dane Orton concludes his book, Gentle and Lowly, this way. He says, go to him. All that means is open yourself up to him. Let him love you. The Christian life boils down to two steps. You ready? You're gonna write this down, two steps to the Christian life. Number one, go to Jesus. Number two, be number one. He says, whatever is crumbling all around you in your life, wherever you feel stuck, this remains undeflectable. His heart for you, the real you, is gentle and lowly. So go to him. That place in your life where you feel most defeated, he is there. He lives there, right there. And his heart for you, not on the other side of it, but in that darkness is gentle and lowly. Your anguish is his home. So friend, go to him. He concludes it with the sentence, if you knew his heart, you would. If you knew the heart of Christ, you would. So friend, I, I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know what it is. Jesus is saying, come. Come. Come to me. I I love you. I care for you. My heart is for you. Would you just come? So friend, I, I challenge you today. Come to Christ. He is our best." Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.